It is the Turn It Loose podcast here on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Will Pelagic and Matt Michaels here with you. If I sound a little hurried, it's because of the fact that I've tried this open two other times because of technical difficulties. My program that uses this podcast to record has crashed, so I'm hoping that the third time is the charm. Last week, you and I, Matthew, were both uh, otherwise capacitated. You had baseball. I was covering golf. I completely underrated how cool it was to be inside the ropes at a golf tournament. I had done a couple of golf tournaments before, various rounds here and there, uh, but this experience was certainly something that... uh, was unparalleled, at least in my mind, from the standpoint of of how cool it was just to be up close with those guys. I mean, it it is a golf tournament. It is a hobnobby place. Golf tournaments seem like hobnobby places. I don't think I'm incorrect in saying that. Yes. What what do you mean by what do you mean by hobnobby? Oh, you mean talking about. Everybody seeing everybody. What are you talking about? Well, yeah, yeah, you get to see people, and like you mentioned it, inside the ropes, it's a different experience than being outside, you know, being up close guys, and they're all people you've seen on TV up close and personal, and some of them are very independently wealthy. So I will tell you this. I was standing a lot next to Peter Costas. Just because when I was following oh, the final group. That's, that's exactly how you sound like, too, when you come back from a golf tournament. Like, ah, I was standing next to Peter Costas. I saw, I saw Sir Nick Feldo in the clubhouse, too, by the way. Definitely had to say hi. But I'd seen guys like Nance before, like covering the Final Four and stuff like that. So it's not completely unfounded for me. I mean, I, you know, I like the hobnob. So what if I like the hobnob? You're, you're a hobnob and SOB. I mean, it was fun. I will say it was fun. And uh, I, I kind of leaned in. I don't know if you saw on my Twitter. I, I the, the signature thing that they have here is uh, is the tartan pattern. The people here will call it plaid, but they like to call it tartan. Um, people in the U.S. would like to call it plaid, but they here like to call it tartan. Tartan, the tartan mm-hmm. plaid jacket. And uh, yeah, let's just say I bought some plaid, or I bought some tartan, and it was it was a lot. This Probably is- too much for an event that. You know how how many more heritage are you going to cover? Well, if if my partner Phil Cornblut has his way, none. So who knows? But we'll see. It'll be it'll be fun if uh, if I get to go again. You know, got a chance to see some family in Hilton Head. And, uh, it was uh, it was a fun time had by all, I think. So, but uh, I won't derail this podcast by trying to talk about the golf we'll, we'll talk some college we'll talk some other things i have a florida versus ohio uh we've got a whole bunch of stuff to get to you and uh we'll start with this story that came out over the weekend uh that's gained a lot of uh, i guess negative attention for the sec and the fact that they tried to keep alabama and other schools from hiring former ole miss head coach hugh freeze i don't know why this story is getting such negative spin but in my mind, I see nothing wrong with the SEC doing this. I don't know how you feel. Um, I how can I put this delicately? There is there is no way in which this won't eventually lead to a school being very upset with a conference. There, there is we are on that path as it is because. If you freeze is not good enough, then eventually they'll try to hire somebody, a school somewhere that seems to be a little bit less on the shady side 
or or a little bit more removed from things of the past. For instance, under the rule as I understand it, which basically says if you have somebody who has been or could have been involved, their actions may even lead in the future to NCAA violations, you have to consult with the commissioner of the league and like at an institutional level, like the school president or chancellor or something like that, right. before you can hire somebody. Um, so as I read it, if they wanted to, like Bruce Pearl, if this rule had been in place when he was hired, would have been subject to this prior restraint. True. And Bruce Pearl has been, everybody can say unequivocally, Bruce Pearl's past season at Auburn was a great success, not only for Auburn, but for the league. It was a great success amid controversy, though. Was it not? How was it controversial this past year? How was anything Bruce Pearl did this past year he especially had, controversial? He had two players who couldn't play because of this whole uh, FBI probe. He had an assistant coach he had to fire. I mean, <laughs> and, he, and he fired him and they didn't play. He did, uh, he did ostensibly at least what the book says is the right thing. Now, to what degree Bruce Pearl had any knowledge or any info on any of it, I, I do not know. But I know that Bruce Pearl coaching in the up? league was good. Are you, for the league? are you standing up for Bruce Pearl, who is by all accounts just someone who specializes in dirty pool when it comes to this recruiting stuff? I well, mean, I mean, if you, I mean, if you call dirty pool a backyard barbecue, I guess I am standing up for Bruce Pearl a little bit. Damn, he's he, he's he's not been an angel by any means. Yeah, and certainly and certainly the aspects of Hugh Freeze's personal life no. have not been angelic. He's but... he, say, saying he's not an angel makes it sound like you know he has a chance when he goes up in front of St. Peter. St. Peter's looking at Bruce Pearl's resume and saying, "Yeah, no, no thanks." But the aspects, the aspects of Hugh Freeze's situation, much worse, are such, are, are, are such that this is literally what it boils down to at Ole Miss. You used a cell phone that was that. You, you had access to through the institution to call escorts. Not good. That's not, not even good. the worst thing that he did. In, no, in, no, no, in... no. Will you let me wait to finish the thought? Go Jeez. ahead. Go ahead. Do oh, it. Oh my goodness. Good. Do it. So you so you did that, and then on the other side, it was really well. Your boosters were out of control. If I'm boiling it down properly, it was your boosters were out of control. Well, at some level, at some level, these coaches might not know everything their boosters are doing. Everything. They know some, and I'm not saying that Hugh Freeze didn't know some, but Hugh Freeze also was not in a situation as an offensive coordinator where he was going to have any say over what any booster did anywhere he was going to be hired, or as an offensive analyst. I guess Saban was going to hire him as an analyst, right? No he was, say. Well, he, apparently he was going to hire him as an analyst, and then he said, well, well, can I hire him as a co-offensive coordinator and give him recruiting power? And they said, uh, no, sir. <laughs> I... The fact of the matter is, Hugh Freeze has made mistakes, and indeed, he should be shamed for said mistakes. He should be punished to whatever extent is fair for those mistakes. Should he be restricted from employment in the league that's going to give him his best quality of, like, closest to his quality of competition, closest to his skill? I don't know. I mean, think of what happened with Lane Kiffin. And Lane Kiffin didn't do anything wrong. No. right? As far as we know, Will, but Lane Kiffin was kind of unofficially shunned, and now he's gone to Florida Atlantic, and he's obviously better Kiffin, than the rest of that league. Lane Kiffin never brought about any violations in an SEC school. He, all his so stuff why, happened at Southern Cal. 
But but uh, but are we suggesting that if this rule had been in place and there were people hiring for jobs, that Lane Kiffin would be on the tip of somebody's tongue instead of Hugh Freeze? Absolutely not. They'd want to hire Hugh Freeze first. I think again, you know it, what I'm it, saying. It has more to do with the devil you know than the one you don't. I mean, and I know that that Lane had coached previously in the SEC and he made a return to the SEC as the offensive coordinator. And and correct me if I'm wrong. This rule is is relatively new. Yes. Oh yeah, it's like a it's like a bylaw within the past couple of seasons. That's it. And and so here's the problem: Hugh Freeze committed these violations, or at least these these violations were committed under Hugh Freeze's watch while he was at an SEC school. I think that makes it different. I think it's it's more of a listen. You have to go prove to us somewhere else that you can run a clean program, or you can be a part of a clean program and and keep your nose clean. They don't want any of this. I have no problem. With them saying that, it's their prerogative. It's not as it's, it's it's not as if they're keeping an innocent man away from a job. They're keeping somebody who has committed wrong, wrongs, and not, and not just from a from a standpoint of eventually violations, a standpoint of of moral violations. I mean, you you know that the SEC is very selectively sanctimonious when it comes to its morals. <laughs> I mean, it's that that's not anything new. But you know, you know why I don't like this. Why don't you, you know, like this? Part of the reason I don't like this why is because it? this is what the NFL would do. Oh, it's what the it's what the NFL on. has done. No, not come on. You know it's true. As soon as you give the oh come on reaction, you know I have a good point. So no, hear my good point. No, because I know exactly who you're going to compare it to, and I don't think that that's a I think that's a false equivalency. Uh, well, okay, let me let me do it right here. Uh huh. The NFL. Well, the NFL, whether through active choice and collusion or not, just kept one of its uh, 64 best quarterbacks out of the league last year because of something completely benign. Yes, Colin Kaepernick didn't play anywhere. I would completely. Not, I would not call it benign, but go ahead. Yes, it was. In it, did he do anything illegal? I didn't yes think or he no? Did, he didn't do anything illegal. He did something that Absolutely. caused a visceral reaction to people and most of its fan base. A, a, a visceral reaction. Okay, a visceral reaction is now something in which somebody should should have a marketplace closed to him because of one visceral reaction that is not illegal. The point is, is that the NFL has has its own little mechanisms in place, whether it's by collusion or not, to keep certain people away from their association. And I would love it if they did it for the likes of you know actual criminals. Or actual bullies. I'd love it if the NFL said, Richie Incognito, you can be no longer part of our club. But they have not done that, have they? Well, Richie Incognito just retired, too, so. Yeah, but was he playing last year? He was. Yes. Colin Kaepernick was not. And seeking a job. And so I do think that you lead yourself down a path of, we are going to pick who's good for our club or not. And that's fine if you are a private club. But they're a place of employment, and presumably the number one place of employment for these people in the world. I'm not saying that there isn't some role that character or one's prior actions plays in this whole thing. But I also think, I mean, generally as a country, aren't we a second chances type of place? And Hugh Freeze getting a second chance. Just using Hugh Freeze's brilliant offensive mind probably would have been something that would have led to the benefit of an SEC program somewhere. And it could have also led to its detriment because of the fact that it could have maybe brought them a show cause or violations or something along those lines. How would it have brought a new university a show cause for the stuff he did at Ole Miss? I I mean, onto him, perhaps, but he would have been hired before the show cause was even in place. 
So he would have found his landing spot. The fact that I don't, as, as far as I understand the rules, it would not have mattered. The fact that you're comparing Colin Kaepernick to Hugh Freeze here, number one. I'm comparing the NFL to the SEC here. I'm, 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 I'm starting to think that you, you work for, <laughs> you work for a different entity than you work for, but that remains, to, that remains to be spoken. Um, I'm, Colin I'm, Kaepernick, if he wanted to play football, could play football. He could. <laughs> Colin Kaepernick really wanted to play football. He could play football. Yeah, where in uh, in the XFL? If, if Colin Kaepernick Two wanted years? to play, if Colin Kaepernick wanted to play in the NFL, he could play in the NFL. Absolutely not. That's that's absolutely incorrect. Seattle okay. said Seattle okay. literally said we're not going to meet with him because he doesn't want to stand. That's literally the only thing that's keeping him from playing in the NFL. If he said tomorrow, I will stand for the national anthem. If he said it publicly in front of a camera with people in front of him who could see him say it instead of through these back channels or these rumored things or, or outside of the, the realm of, uh, of periphery. If he went on camera tomorrow and said that he would stand for the national anthem and signed a paper that even said that he would do so, he could be on an NFL roster by the end of this week. Because they've signed stupid people like RG3 who are not capable of playing in the National Football League. There's a reason why he's not playing in the National Football League. It's because it's, Mike Freeman wrote about it this morning. It's because the NFL owners do not want an uprising when it comes to this. Because they believe that Colin Kaepernick is in a way, I don't want to say larger than life, but people will rally behind him to try and turn the NFL into the NBA where the players have all the power. And that's part of the reason why he's not on an NFL roster. Do you, do you kind of understand how sick that sounds, though? Like, that is NFL doublespeak if you are living in their bubble and, and you buy into this stuff. Like, you are asking somebody to have no voice on these sorts of issues when it comes to the platform in which they could. Are NFL owners concerned about some sort of uprising? What is this? What is this, armed conflict? No, this is just somebody making a statement for what he wants to do, and others will not make that statement but, for what they want but to do. They are the an NFL employer. has they invested can... all this money and all this and all these words into saying, "Oh, we are all together to protect the shield, and we're all one big happy family." They're not one big happy family. No sports league is one big happy family. No sports team is one big happy family. But here's As, the it, difference: it, it's it's farcical to think that they continue to peddle this stuff and think that people who are intelligent enough truly believe it. Like, I can see right through what the NFL is trying to do with all this. They do it so they can sell stuff. And they don't want Colin Kaepernick because they think he's going to keep them somehow from selling things to people. And I would I would contend that allowing Colin Kaepernick a good quarterback back in their league will probably make the NFL just as many fans as they eventually drop in the long run. But it's harder for them to see in the long run because they are very myopic people. Well, here's the other part of it. The NFL and its employers and its, and its member teams, regardless of what you might read on the Internet, yes, they do have the right to restrict what you say politically and what you say from the standpoint of, you know, like, like the whole free speech argument. It's not, a, it's not a free speech thing. They have the right. My, my, our, my employer on, on our radio station says that we cannot discuss anything political on our show. We just can't. It's a, it's, it's, a, it's a rule. I submitted paperwork that basically said, hey, if I discuss politics, then that, that could be subject to termination. Like, that's the thing. Like, your employer has the right to do this. Like, the, the NFL is well within their rules if they want to do this. And I, I, in, my, in my opinion, 
that's fine for them to do that because they're doing it for reasons that they believe protect their protect their interests and their money making ability. You can't begrudge them for that because they believe that if these things take place, then it's going to alienate their fan base. I just hope the SEC, if Hugh Freeze eventually wants a job in the league, I hope that he can get a job in the league eventually. But I find it somewhat doubtful because one year can easily become two, two can easily become three. And if it's up to institutions to not want to hire him, then that's fine, I think. There was like four or five that wanted to, apparently. Yes, but to restrain and say, well, the commissioner is going to have to give the okay to this. You're not going to give you're not going to give schools a chance to take the risk on their own and have it fail on them. You know, I get it. What schools do is a reflection of the conference. And to some degree, ideas like this are good and worthwhile. I'm just not sold yet that this is the best idea to be saying, oh, there are certain high profile coaches or whatever. But the commissioner has to say it's OK to join the club, you know, it, and, 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 it, and it might be well intentioned. It's might... OK to join. He's not saying this for everybody. He's only saying this for people who have a history of being around wrongdoing. But like, it, but but it, but it's not even that in the bylaw. It says or could lead to. Or could lead to. So are you going to have schools then sniping across enemy lines there or covertly to the SEC and saying, well, I have a source that says that so-and-so definitely engaged in this payment to this player while he was an assistant at X. Like, I've got a guy who knows a guy. And that could lead to an NCAA violation. So you better think long and hard about this, league office. Could that happen in the SEC? Absolutely, I could see that happening. Hypothetically, it could. But there is also kind of a gentleman's agreement against the with these coaches the, the coaching fraternity is so very closely knit i don't think anyone is going to try to keep another person from getting a job somewhere oh a head coach maybe not assistance you better believe it or a head coach is saying make it so yeah i i could see it happening someday it's still cutthroat all i'll say is i have no problem with what the sec is doing because it 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 it, it in the end, protects their interests, and I also think that Hugh Freeze got in a little bit too over his head, and judging by what he did, he needs to go somewhere smaller and prove to me that he is able to either run a program or be in a program that is run without violations. Because, I mean, these were systemic, systemic violations. They they, they were big. Like, Ole Miss is going to have a second year without a bowl as a result of this. A second year. That doesn't happen very often. That, 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 that stuff is reserved for, for the Baylors and the Penn States and the Southern Cows. I don't even think Southern Cal got a second year of a bull band with its stuff. So, mm. so I'm, I'm just saying, it's, it's not... It, it, what, the, what they're doing, they're well within their rules to be able to do. That's why the rule is there. And number two, it helps protect their interests. And to be really honest... I think when the SEC looks back on it and says, is this, a, is this a fine rule? Yes, because it keeps the rule breakers from trying to take over, in my mind. And I think it is a false equivalency to Colin Kaepernick, because, again, we're, we're talking about two different things. Talking about actually breaking the rules versus something that can protect their interests. In, in any event, we will see how this bears out. I just... 
there are probably cases where I'm going to be fine with it. In this one, I, I'm conflicted because I can see where the bad, I can see where the dark side of this goes rather than the well-intentioned good side, which is keep people who cheat out of our league. The I N- can see a path in which this gets ugly quick. The NCAA, That's in a larger sense, is, is trying to be my hero because they're trying to get rid of the kickoff, Matt. And this is a start of getting rid of kickers altogether. So happy. So happy that we are, we are taking the kicker out of football. You're doing, you're doing this facetiously right now. I, I can tell you don't actually hate the kicker that much. Oh, <laughs> but you hate. But I know you hate kickers. This I, is I part hate, of your brand. So I go hate, ahead, I go just, on your rant. Very, you already sound facetious. Very, I'm already not buying very, it. You're going to have to up very, the level of anger. Very on brand. Because here's the thing: most ki- how, how, they, they said things like when it comes to injuries, I, some sort of high percentage of them occur on kickoffs. I mean, would you would you want? One of your star players to be hurt on a kickoff? I mean, think about if South Carolina lost Debo Samuel on a kickoff return. Would that not seem a tad trite to you? What if what if Missouri lost a big skill player on a kickoff or a, a linebacker or, or somebody covering kick? That, that would seem awful trite, wouldn't it? In my mind, they should do the rule the way that the Alliance of American Football is doing it. Start the ball at the twenty. No kickoffs, and and oh by the way, no kicks in the last two minutes or overtime of each half. That's my thing. That's my dream. That's that that is that is the dream for me. Because here's glad the, to see glad to see you're throwing a part of the game completely out the window. Glad to I don't see. like it because it's it's the same reason I don't like closers in baseball and why I'm starting to really kind of have qualms with the new uh, DB manager of the New York Mets because so much of baseball and so much of football is reliant upon these quote specialists who while they are specialists guess what they are wavering the reliability so much what? they waver they waver in reliability kickers are head cases closers in baseball are head cases they that's don't just because they're you've not never reliable. found a good one that's not true that's not true yes even the most reliable true. kickers miss kicks even the most reliable closers blow saves. Right. They're human beings. They're human beings, but they're, William. But they're human also, beings they're also are fallible entities. They cannot live up to your strange, deranged sports fantasies of always being there and always being reliable. Shoot, you watch the Mets half out of hate because you kind of want them to be unreliable. Well... They've been proven over the major course of 31 years. Oh, you watch the Mets, and you want there to be a certain order to the world. See, you're watching sports not for the joy of the unexpected. You want there to be the completely expected. I want order. You want there to be a very set way of things that happen. I want order is what I want. You want order, exactly. And so when somebody blows a save, you say, well, why did he blow the save? When a kicker misses the kick, you say, well, why did he miss the kick? He's only in there to make the kick because you want the order of having it being a certain thing every time. But then in the middle of the actual game of football, I will ask you, do you not get thrilled or excited when somebody misses a play or when things don't go exactly to plan or when there's a fumble? You are amazed by that part of the game, are you not? I am amazed by that part of the game, but I also believe that those guys are... Again, more athletically in tuned to that actual part of the game. That actually is football. Kicking is not football. Football is, is passing and running and receiving. That's not Will football. is a wide receiver a specialist? 
A wide receiver is an athlete. Is a wide receiver a specialist at his position, which is to say to run routes, try to beat cornerbacks, and catch the ball a wide and re- run with it? A wide receiver knows how to do more than one thing. Are you sure? Is that not the definition of a specialist at his position? Is no. an offensive tackle a specialist? Offensive tackles know how to do more than one thing. They know how to pass block. They know how to run block. Kickers know how to kick. That's it. They kick. They kick and they run. You said they. You said that offensive linemen know how to block. They don't, by the way, they don't do pass, pass block, blocking pass and run blocking might be two separate skills. They well, are a, two a separate skills. Then, a kicker then has two different skills. Will they have the ability to kick off and they have the ability to kick into the field goal no, range? No, it's they kick. have the ability to kicking. onside kick, it's all which kicking. is an important part of the game when your team trails late. The, uh, the Alliance of American Football is not doing onside kicks. They actually have a more the novel. The Alliance of American Football is a spring league the that is trying Ameri- to do different things you know the to see of- if they can tweak the game. You know what the Alliance of American Football is doing instead of onside kicks? But I think it's amazing. They're basically giving you the ball at the 35-yard line, and they're basically giving you what is what is an, essentially amounts to a fourth and ten, as in one play to gain ten yards. And if you gain ten yards, you keep the ball. I think that's fantastic. I think that's a novel rule that should be in the National Football League in two years. I think it's interesting. Um, I, I do think that, by the way, you are not allowed to watch an NFL game for pleasure. Why is that? Anymore. Why is that? Once the, once the, you've said it yourself. Once the uh, Association of American Football is up and running, you're going to want to watch it all the time because you hate the rules the NFL has. You hate the well, fact that they have kickers. Watch your perfect league. It took- watch your pure perfect league. With, and this is even with me not being a big fan of the NFL. Watch it with no kickers. Watch it with your fourth and ten. Watch it exclusively. Abandon the Jets. I, I want to see you do it. I want to see you stick to your principles. Well, they, they, finally figured, they finally figured out how to adjudicate the catch rule in the National Football League. Although, as, as somebody who has very, very little faith in their ability to do anything, including talk and chew gum with the NFL... Uh, <laughs> I, I'm 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 shuddering to think how this is going to be, how, how the how the jurisdiction on this will work. So, lo, lo and behold, I'm totally rooting on them to to, to totally miss on this because somehow it's going to screw the Jets somehow some way they'll figure out a way okay. to, to screw so the Jets. So again, I, this is another example of something that you are happy or mad with, all because it comes back around to your neuroses about the Jets. I mean, this neuroses because of the fact that you watched you watched them. I watched them. It happens. It always happens. It always happens to them. Doesn't that sound ordered? That sounds like order. If the, if the Jets didn't have a kicker to blow the kick, your mind would be out of balance. There would be a rip in the space-time continuum because you wouldn't have somebody to blame. Maybe they have had kickers who've blown it, i.e. Doug Bryan, i.e. Nick Folk, i.e. John Hall. Everybody has, has had kickers who's blown it. There's never been a team in history that hasn't had a kicker who's blown it. I hate kickers. I, I want the kicking done. Out. You know what kickers can do? You know what kickers can do, Will? What can, what can, they, can, they can listen to this podcast. They can find you on the street. And they do have a pretty good leg. Oh. And they've got pretty good aim with that leg. Oh, is that it? Are, are, you, are you threatening me? Are you, are you threatening me? Is this a threat? I'm not threatening you. I'm saying you better watch threat? your back. Is this an actionable threat? Are you, are you aiding and abetting threatening from kickers? Is Alex because there's probably a, because there's probably a little Ypremian running around somewhere that's listening to this podcast and is by ready the way, to kick you by the way, right in the jewel. You, by the way, you you, you give me you give me a, a exhibit A on why kickers aren't athletes. Garo Ypremian in Super Bowl Seven. Thank you very much. Okay, 
That that now that's now one. that little Ukrainian is even gonna find now he's gonna find you now he's going to find out where you live and run up and kick you right square in the jewels. Yeah, Parker, White. and then you'll know how good kickers Park, are. Parker White from the South Carolina football team is gonna find me on the street and want to kick me. Is that what you're telling me? Might be. They're good at kicking. That's their job, right? That's their only skill, according to you. You have one job. That's literally the definition of you have one job. I want the kickers of the world to rise up and hunt you down rise and intimidate up. you rise up. until you understand their place in the game. I want the downtrodden kickers of the world to unite Is that it? and unionize against you. This is what's going to happen? This is what you've started? It might. Hashtag kicker support. That's you're such a you're such a jerk. You're such a jerk. Why do you hate kickers? There's nothing wrong with them. If they miss, you yell at them. If they make you say, "Oh, we should have done it," like literally, kickers are there to be an object of your derision only. So I would think you'd want that as somebody else to yell at when your team does not succeed. I mean, it's in my mind the only thing that has kept me from happiness. If here's the thing, though, Will closers if and kickers, kickers actually, keep me from happiness. If kickers are actually gone and all kicks are removed from the game, then you have no one else to blame. You have to just blame it on either uh, the the crappiness of the team that is assembled, which means the general manager gets hated more quickly than even the general manager does or the head coach does. And at some point, you have to turn closer inward to the mirror and say, I root for this crappy team. It's my fault. And that's something I know you so don't what, want to do. So, so what are you trying to say? The kickers are like the moat for the general manager? Is it k- kicker acting as a moat? Oh, I'm not saying it's, it's the kicker specifically. I'm saying it's one less thing for you to point your finger at. You're gonna, you don't realize what you have in the kicker as, as an object to channel your sports rage until it's gone. Well, there's the whole problem of they haven't had a quarterback since Joe Namath. So, you know, there is that. I'm just saying at some point it forces you to come closer to looking in the mirror and say, I root for the Jets. Can you do that, Will? Can you look in the mirror and look yourself in the eye and just do it like um, like Goodwill Hunting and say, instead of it's not your fault, I root for the Jets. It is I my root fault. for the Jets. It is and then you fault. start crying to yourself and you say, no, but through the tears you keep saying, I root for the Jets. <laughs> I root for the Jets. And then maybe you will have an epiphany and come to the light and you could find something in your life that makes you happy. <laughs> I don't have much. I don't have much. I, okay. I, I, you're my friend. I love you. I am messing with you to some point. But are, I really would I really would revel in a scene like that. I would find it kind of funny. Gonna, and that's no offense to you. They're going to draft Baker Mayfield, aren't they? They're going to draft Baker If they Mayfield. do, they're going to win. I know you don't like him, but I if they like do, him. they're going to win. I don't like Baker's him. good. He's too cocky. I don't like the cockiness. Okay, oh, oh, Will, I'm going to just put this for you. It is plain a language as anybody can understand. The man, you, who just said the Jets haven't had a good quarterback since Joe Willie Namath yes. thinks Baker Mayfield is too cocky to be the quarterback of the Jets. Well, I think he's too cocky in the fact that I don't think his cockiness matches his skill set. This is where, I, where, where, where I'm in there. Joe Namath is Joe a Hall Na- of Fame quarterback. Joe Namath has uh, that 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 probably leads to a question we should do a different time, which is would Joe Namath be a Hall of Fame quarterback if he played today? Probably not, but there you go. That's because of the way that the offenses work now in the National Football League, I think. Is more as it's not that's not a that's not a knock on Joe Namath. I mean it you, I mean it is a knock on Joe Namath. You said the skills don't match the talk and his skills were not as good. 
not comparative to where the game is now versus where it was then. There are probably a lot of players in multiple sports that wouldn't be in halls of fame based on the evolution of games. Think about the three-point shot. How many more? That's other thing, too. How many more Hall of Famers would there have been in the NBA had the three-point shot been instituted before a certain level? How many Hall of Famers would the NBA have if the dunk rule wasn't something that was a thing? And Kareem Abdul-Jabbar had to basically invent the skyhook. How many people would be more mad about Brett Hall's goal in the Stanley Cup playoffs that uh, involved him standing in the crease when that rule was still involved? I get uh, it, it, it just Sports change. Sports evolve. You know, the, the, the Hall of Fame is not something that is, is, is an all-equal thing when it comes to uh, sport by sport. Again, the, the, the thing evolves. Would, I mean, Sandy Koufax on his pure numbers wouldn't be in the Hall of Fame for baseball, but because of people who saw him pitch in that era knew that he was probably one of the most singularly dominating left-handed pitchers in the history of Major League Baseball. And yes, he retired probably way too early for somebody who was as dominant as he was, but those who saw him saw a otherworldly pitcher, and that's why he's in the Hall of Fame. But if he would have done so in this in this era, in this day and age... Maybe he would have. Not, maybe he would not have been, because of the fact that there are better hitters. I, I I can't say that for for absolute certainty. But he's there. He has his plaque in Cooperstown. I've seen it. I've seen Joe Namath's bust. He has the very nice tan jacket that I've seen. I mean, again, it's it's to 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 say, oh, this guy wouldn't have been in the Hall of Fame if he played this. It, it, it's you're you're a product of your own inertia. Is, it, is that is that is 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 that not fair? Is that not is not fair to say? I I basically agree with everything in that very reasonable, well thought out statement. Now, can we go back to you crying, <laughs> saying into a mirror, "I'm a fan of the New York Jets." <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what you want. I don't know what you want from me. By the me. way, your ba- by the way, your baseball team might actually be good. So naturally. Y'all revolted when uh, they blew a game to the Nationals the other night. I mean, it's it, it was it was a restore it was a restoration of order. They blew a six they blew a, f- a six to one lead with six defensive outs to play, and they had five pitches come in, and none of them could do diddly with it. I think one of I I think uh, oh, what was I going to say? Oh, one of your uh, beat writers or just a baseball writer in general said the next day, like, well, it was a nice run, but the Mets season is over. Yes, we won't cover any of the other ones of these. Yes, like. Why? Why do you have to approach it that way? There's still it was it was, still it was the one one other guy said it was the first time in the history of Major League Baseball that a team has started out twelve and three and been eliminated by mid-April. Yes, yes, correct. That, I think that is the type of feeling that is going around. That's exactly that's exactly how we feel. You had a chance to basically bury your divisional rival, like like eat, have a bit, stub them out like a cigarette, and. Put them give up. them give them hope. Now you give them hope. And after like ten games, okay, the, the, a lot of baseball. And again, this is again before divisional play became more prevalent, and the, and the wild card was involved. The Mets swapped a four-game series in St. Louis in 1986 at the end of April, and the division race was basically declared over. So don't 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 act like you can't completely kill a team's spirit in the first month of the season, because baseball is the ultimate psychological sport here because of how long the season is don't act like you can't completely bury a team spirit 
I'm not saying that, that, that you just concede the division of the Mets in April, but I'm just saying that they could have made a very vicious statement by continuing on the run that they had after sweeping them in Washington, winning the first game the way they did, because guess what? They lost again the next night and left 11 men on base, which basically is all of flushing after 9 o'clock at night. So in my opinion, they not only let them back into the discussion, but that loss counts for two now because of the fact that they came out the next night and basically were, were, were sleepwalking zombies. Mm-hmm. And yes, order was restored because the Mets blew a freaking game in the, ninth, in the eighth and ninth inning. Okay. Speaking of zombies... Do you want to play the game that's sweeping the nation? Uh, sure. Yes, absolutely. Because well, I have a little bit of Miami of Ohio, and uh, one of them does involve zombies. Although while I was looking, while I was looking, we can, we can play a variation of this game because there was a, a, a story of the weird that could have occurred in either of our two home states <laughs> that I found. Oh, oh, really? It was a story. And, and so I, I will ask you before, as a precursor, is this story a Missouri or South Carolina story? Okay. A 20-year-old by the name of Kaylee Mutthart believed that she needed to sacrifice something special. She was high on methamphetamine, and there was a man with a biblical name asking for a key, and basically she explained how becoming well, she went from becoming an honor student to a drug user, and she said that she basically was trying to gouge her eyes out to try and get closer to God. She said, while on ecstasy, I studied the Bible. I misinterpreted a lot of it. I convinced myself that meth would bring me even closer to God. So all the elements of this story are screaming Missouri, right? The meth. Yes. The, the, The references to religion. Yes. But something also tells me that you would have found this story specifically to trip up my sense of Missouri, especially when he said the meth, because my gut reaction, you say meth, I say, oh, it's Missouri. We were the meth what, capital what, of the world well, for what, a long time. What, what, well, what, if I, what if I knew that you would think that and think that I was trying to pull the old switcheroo on you? I, that is possible, too, but we're going to go down the rabbit hole really soon when it comes to that. I'm just going to go out on a limb, and I'm going to say South Carolina. This woman... It's from Anderson, South Carolina. <laughs> hey! It's very good. It's very, very good. I sussed it out. Look at you. You're I finding it out. You're finding no. Oh, no, wait, no, wait, no, you're not supposed to do that. First of all, you don't smoke peyote. Mm. Yes, yes. No, I'm, I'm, I'm so I, was, I, was, I don't think anybody else is in on that reference, but yes. No, so Phil Jackson, thank you. First of all, you don't smoke peyote. Uh, so I found that story whilst looking for the Florida versus Ohio uh, situation. And uh, one of the uh, stories involves zombie-like raccoons. Police in this town have received more than a dozen calls in the past three weeks about raccoons acting strangely. The fact that uh, there are five dead raccoons in this place in a freezer soon to be sent to the Department of Agriculture in the state for testing. That's because they've been actually out in the in the light because, you know, raccoons are mostly uh, nocturnal creatures. Right. They were standing up on their hind feet. They were showing their teeth. They would fall over backwards. They'd be out in the light of day. And basically... 
the entire world is uh, is becoming obsessed with these zombie-like raccoons. This was actually a story in NPR, National Public Radio, gave me this story. So that's one story. And there's another story involved of a, a patient at a hospital, was taken to the hospital Tuesday night after his neighbor reported him to be drunk in his home. After waiting two hours to see a doctor, he got frustrated and decided to steal an ambulance to try and Ooh-wee. go home. They said it was one of the strangest hmm. things that they've heard of. You're taken to the hospital because you're drunk, and you're in the ambulance because you just stolen you just to go back to your house. He parked the ambulance in his neighbor's driveway to get back at them because he had thought that they had first reported him to police. He was found in the trunk of his car inside his garage, according to the report. He was booked and <laughs> taken to jail. I will say, since there are more ambulances, probably in a smaller uh, in a smaller location, I will say ambulance story is Florida and the raccoons are Ohio. You are correct on both accounts. Hey, you are three for three today. You are getting the batting average back up. How Very are, good. How are the Cubs doing, by the way? I I really have no idea. They're under five hundred. They're oh. seven and eight, I believe. So is that not order restored then? I mean, too for soon. some. Too soon, I'm sorry. There's too a very soon. long season left to play, but yes. Are you are you into the Otani thing? Yes, I think he's very good. I think he's proven that. Now, time will tell whether there is staying power there, but obviously he's he's gone in at his first week against big leaguers. He's hit for power, and he has pitched very well, and uh, uh, there's a reason why he was running the Japanese league. Like he was the dude. Um, we'll just see if it sticks around. Like he's what he's got this blister now, or he developed a blister. So they had to remove him from his most recent start. Uh, the two way thing I think is going to last at least as long as the angels are uh, receptive to it. I still think that there's a national league team or two out there that in time might be willing to take that chance on Otani and play him in the outfield as well as pitch him. But, um, even though it seems less likely, and even though Otani's obviously chosen L.A. for now, uh, I think it's working, and I'm all in for it. And it's there will be a time in which it ceases to be a sensation, probably, and just becomes another part of the landscape, as has happened with almost all players that have come over from Japan. Uh, maybe Ichiro was the closest to break that mold, mm. if you will, and Ichiro has kept his standard of excellence. So when he just becomes part of the fabric of the landscape, we'll see how people react to Otani. But he he has the talent to be a superstar, without question. So I'm completely on board with treating him as such. I, I don't know how I feel about him, honestly. I really don't. It's, in my mind, so much of what he is about is, again, part of this evolution of the game and... and and, you know, the, two, the two-way player is something that they want to try to capitalize on. I, I just the, – the one thing, too, that you have to worry about is, is how you – I don't want to say price him. I don't want to talk about him like he's an inanimate object. But you know, I, think, I think so much so much of what has made baseball so stable is the fact that there are – again, I, I, I don't mean to sound hypocritical, but there are defined roles. There are pitchers and, and there are hitters. How do you determine someone's value who can do both at a very high level? And eventually, I think one of those has to win out, honestly, because of the fact that, again, you know, 
Now, in the National League, this could play out a lot easier because you could pinch hit for him and do certain things and, like you said, play him in the outfield and what, on off days. But what's going to happen when Otani – and, again, this, you could even use the example of what happened last night. He gets a blister from pitching. That, that takes him out of not only being able to pitch but also out of being able to hit. So, you know, in, in my mind, you know, you, you could lose somebody who is doubly valuable – you way. could. You could. Um, Will, a question. Yes. Would we would we have or was this done to George Herman Ruth? Um I mean, I mean he, eventually they he made, eventually they, 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 he made, they made him choose eventually, yes. Eventually he did hit. But for a while he was able to do this and we live in a time now where baseball is as forward thinking as it's been in some time, and that's for an organization and a culture that ti- that tends to enjoy to being connected to the past. It's as forward thinking as it ever has been. If there was ever a time in which somebody could do both and do both successfully, it's right now. And Otani has a very unique skill set. I mean, let me put it this way: if I had a guy who threw in the high nineties and locate and could also mash home runs, I would want him out there every day if I could too. Because you're not maximizing the value of your player unless you're playing him both ways. So I think they're going to give it a shot for a long time. It will stink if he goes down, but it's it's still a luxury. Like, you still have a two-way player. You get two roster spots for the price of one. It's worth it for the price they're paying him. It's worth it for what it means to that team and that franchise, which now has some excitement around it after some years of, of not being able to succeed. I'm all I'm all for the Otani stuff, and whenever it becomes part of the commonplace in baseball, and it's just like, oh, Otani's going today, and it's not like an event, then we will see what it really means to the game overall. But it might never stop. I mean, he could continue to be a superstar. Perhaps he'll definitely be a superstar in Japan. They'll cover him in the Japanese media the way they covered Ichiro because he's. Well, I think he's as well, they're good. Already, they're already there with that. I can tell you I that. I think he's as good, though. Like, we'll see if injury derails it or something else happens. But I think he's every bit as good as Ichiro in a different way because the sum of his parts are as good. Babe Ruth and was, Ichiro is going to the Hall of Fame. Babe Ruth was a full-time pitcher for four seasons, 15 through 18. Technically also a little bit of 19, too. He only started 17, he only started 17 games or started 15 games, played in 17 as a pitcher. Right. But uh, only had sporadic action after 1919, and he played until 1935. So, I'm just saying, eventually they made him choose. That's all I'm saying. Does that make? I mean, and again, they. I, are, are you saying you want Otani to choose? I'm. I'm saying that the temptation will be there for them to make him choose eventually. And per, and perhaps that's true, but. I think that they understand the value they're getting out of making him, uh, out of letting him do both. And I also think that whenever the I time mean, comes, I, it, I mean, where where is his value greater? Is it playing 150 games in the field or starting 33 times a season? Because they're because they have um, altered their rotation to do this. They've got a six man rotation as a result of this. So he's not going to make 33 starts. I, well, I think that his value though is in. And again, you're not going to like it. I think his value is in how many wins above replacement can he aggregate tally. Because Mm -hmm. pitchers are generally worth more war in the long run than hitters, unless you're just a dynamite hitter. 
Um, there is value in ever in an everyday player. Uh, Shohei Otani playing, you know, five times a week or four times a week or whatever the case may be, as long as his aggregate value to the team can be measured to be at least as good as if he were doing one or the other, then he should do both, as long as it makes him happy. Now, there might be a time in which he's like, man, I'm hurt or I'm sore. I can't do this anymore. And then Otani makes the choice for himself. And I think the Angels or whoever would support that. But as long as he's able to be effective and like good at both, then let him be good at both. Why not? So I wanted... I, I wanted, uh, at least for personal rooting reasons outside of my business life, uh, I wanted the Cubs to sign him because I think the Cubs would have played him in the outfield. But a, they've had, but they're backed up in their outfield. They have a guy out there already who they need to play in left and Cal Schwarber, and it wouldn't have worked, I guess. His uh, his WAR right now point six, unfortunately. Point six after however many games is good. You well, only add them up over the course of the year, you know. I'm aware. I'm aware. I'm looking to try and see if I can find his war for uh, his Japanese league, but I, I do not. I do not think that they have that stat. Well, I, I'm sure that you could probably compute it. Um, my guess is it's uh, it's very it's very abnormal to the rest of the league because he was by far the star of Japan. He had 48 home runs in five seasons. 166 RBIs over five seasons. That's pretty good. In a league that also is not very much known for offense. Also. Pretty good. ERA of 252 in five seasons. 186 in, uh, in 2016. Again, I'm not, say, I'm not saying he's not valuable in that role. I'm just saying there's always going to be the temptation of old baseball people not necessarily like me, but old baseball people to basically make him choose. Is that? I mean, does that, does, do you not agree with that? Is that not? Eventually, I, 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 let me put it this way: I'd rather he choose on his own than be forced to choose by an employer. Does that make sense? Okay. I think he might reach a point in which very, he wants to choose. You are very own. anti the man today, by the way. You are very yeah. anti the man. When it comes to these sports leagues making millions of dollars, I am anti the man. Becoming and off- I tell you what, sometimes the athletes are the bad. Because what did you think about uh, about Anthony Rizzo coming out and saying we should have a shorter season in Major League Baseball? I've been advocating for the shorter season for a long time. I think that they should stop the season in August and try to own September in the playoffs. They should have the playoffs going up against the first couple of weeks of the NFL, in my mind. I don't like it significantly shortened because I do, as, as much as... You think I am all about the new age and the new era and what means what. I still think that that connection to the past is significant. Um, it doesn't matter. as The only thing is it doesn't matter as much to play 162 games because we have the playoffs now. Of course. Back in the day, it used to matter big time because you can definitely tell who the best team is over 162 or 154, whatever the case may be. Uh, I, if they pair it back, I'd like them to go to 154 first and then see what happens. Hell, see I'd if wanna, the players. Would I'd want them to go okay. to one. I'd, I'd want them to go to 120 in fewer off days. Condense the season. Start it in late April so we don't have half the freaking schedule rained and or snowed out, and we see ballparks that have 20 people in them because of the fact that it's 42 degrees at first pitch at Yankee Stadium. Like, I'm sorry. The the only the only thing about this that is, is when this they is called if the boys of summer is it not? <laughs> yeah, but if and when they do it, the only thing that's going to happen there is you are making 
you are making the boldest step you have ever made as a league. And what you are saying is, we love our past, we revere our past, we are a game of tradition, but we are officially breaking with that tradition when it comes to all the records of the game. And baseball, we both agree, is the most sensitive to statistical comparison of any sport out there because the numbers have been kept forever. Um, Now, how we value the numbers and how we manipulate them is different, but baseball has that connection to its past and baseball views that connection to its past as very important. This is the game that fathers play with their sons, and those sons play with their sons, et cetera, et cetera. But this, the, the, a move to a condensed season in which all those records become asterisk in a 162, or the new records become asterisk in a 120, um, that that is a bold step forward that if baseball ever took it, would signal definitely we are moving in a forward direction. We are changing our game to cater to a new era of fan, and we hope this draws them in. And if it doesn't work, it becomes the most colossal failure they've ever had. Isn't it, though, something that they've needed to do for a long time? Because, again, while they're incrementally adding fans and incrementally adding interest, it's not getting any younger, in my mind. Like, the the baseball fan is still not getting any younger. They might be adding back more people because of the way that the interest has grown in certain cities, but there still aren't that. There still isn't a large interest for people who are who are playing baseball. There still isn't a large interest for those, especially in the inner cities, that they used to have a lot of. We've talked. We heard Tony Clark try to take up that uh, that that particular torch uh, in the era of this whole Jackie Robinson Day stuff that's been talked about over the last couple of days because of uh, Jackie Robinson Day being uh, on uh, April fifteenth. So so much of what baseball needs to do is step out of its, quote, archaic past and and evolve to a newer way of doing things and, and try to capture more. Again, it's all well and good to own opening day and own the summer, but own the, be- own the biggest part of your season. Have their playoffs in September. I know they're talking about, you know, again, you, you run the risk of all this whole, you know, the records going away and you know mr october was richie jackson and all this stuff again what makes it best for your game attention they want attention that's why they did this thing with major league but Baseball aren't we but Facebook. aren't we just going to naturally go to once we've done september for a while you know what you should win august because football starts in september you know what i mean like it just gets a little ridiculous about who owns what or whatever i think that the major league baseball playoffs own the month of october to me, they do. They have it. They've established it. It's theirs. Now, people complain about all oh, the World Series games start too late and yada yada, and it's not the same as it was. They do start too late. But they're still late. the main event. They're still the main event. And guess what? NFL games and college football games happen on weekends at certain times. Okay? I get it. You, you could get more viewing of divisional round playoff games if you didn't have it in October. But when it comes to the championship event, it's all the same. I've put the I put Major League Baseball in my own mind on par with NBA in terms of playoff interest because the early rounds you can you can see an upset there, or two, there, but you kind of know who's going to go there. But everybody's there for the final. That's only inside your own mind because the NBA in playoff interest. While I have very little to any interest in the NBA and for, and for that matter the NHL playoffs this season because my team is not involved. Um, People care about the NBA playoffs, and part of the reason that people care is because they have figured out a way to own April and May and June. They, they have taken 
what again is essentially the longest playoff season in professional sports and they figured out a way to number one market it and number two make it compelling and that's even with a season that i also believe is also very very long and probably too long for its for, for its own sustainability because again all anybody ever cares about is the playoffs and i think the same i think the same thing can be said for major league baseball whereas maybe maybe the situation isn't uh is it make the season longer that they've expanded the playoffs? Maybe there needs to be another round of major league baseball playoffs. Who knows? I know people would, would, would scoff at that particular, uh, at that particular instance. Maybe the wild card round needs to be a three game series. I don't know. But the one thing that major league baseball needs to do is they need to do a better job of owning its signature moments outside of the world series. And even out, even, even the All-Star game, yeah, it was better this year with uh, with not having the home field advantage determined by the World Series, but the, the All-Star game this season was, again, kind of a non-event. The home run derby was, was awesome for the first time mm. ever. Well, not ever, but for the first time in a long time, it was pretty good. But the All-Star game was just kind of kind of there. Tell me I'm wrong. I just know that sometimes it's overblown. Like, we don't have these fights over the soul of the NFL, right? Like we don't have the, these fights over the soul of hockey. We don't have these fights over the soul of NBA. Why is it always the soul of baseball? I don't know. Because of the fact that baseball used to be the leader, and it is no longer the leader, and it has people who are stewards of that game trying to figure out any way to get back to that point. I don't know if it ever will because of how dominant the NFL is, but it doesn't mean that there aren't any shortage of ideas that people are trying to come up with and contort in order to try and get back to that. So you give it 50 years and it'll come back around to someplace else. All I know is this, Major League Baseball, making enough money. They're cool with it. They're all making money. And if they say they aren't, they're not telling the truth. Well, they're making money. They're, making, making, they're money. making money because they're colluding against their players and not signing them. And they're well, they're not. I, I'm not so sure they're colluding against their players. But yes, they were not signing their players to monies that their players thought they deserved. Oh yeah, that'll be a whole mess in two years, won't it? Uh, believe me, they, they, they've got a real big mess on their hands coming coming in two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there anything else for the good of the cause? Man, I don't know. Not that I can think of, really. I wanted to talk about chewy bacon versus crispy bacon, but I, I, don't, I don't know why I had that written down. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of down with the crisp myself. Are, are you really? I'm kind of so, down so, with the crisp. So, so you, you and Jim Nance are going to sit in a, in a room and eat burnt toast together? Is that what's going to happen? No, it's not burnt. It's crisp. No, it's rubbery. Bacon why do you want bacon be... that is rubber? Uh, it's supposed to be. That's what it's supposed to taste like. It tastes no, chewy no. and why? tasteful and awesome. It's tasteful anyways. I'm not saying it needs to be rock hard. I'm saying a little bit of crisp is nice. There's no. a good, happy medium. It should only be char on one thing and one thing only, and that is burnt ends of barbecue and a steak. You don't put char on the end of bacon. Come on, man. I'm, you, you are misunderstanding. Crispy bacon is fine. It does no. not have to be char. No. No, it's not fine. You can still get little chewy bits of fat in there. I mean, what do you you want to chew on your bacon all day long? Yes. Is that it? Yes. You I chewing do. on bacon now? I'm not, but I wish I was. <laughs> Candidly, yes, I wish I was chewing on bacon right now. 
What did you think about the MLB on the Facebook, by the way? Uh, it's fine, and people are complaining about it maybe a little bit. Like, you doth protest too much. Um, but I, thought, I, it was get a, it. I uh, thought it's a fantastic idea. And I, no, I, nobody bitched I think about, the presentation could use work, but it's it's fine. Nobody bitched about the fact that uh, that they put an NFL game on Yahoo only. Like, right. Like, like, honestly, people are people are totally forgetting that that whole thing happened with, with Yahoo. Like, oh, yeah, we, we, we put a regular season National Football League game on a platform that can only be utilized via a phone or a laptop or a, a tablet. Mm-hmm. That's the only way that you can consume this game. The, th- the difference is, is that in their local markets, they had it on local TV. But here's the thing. So much of what this is trying to do is it's trying to expand into another platform and get people away. By the way, these are only being done with afternoon games because people are mostly going to be at work anyway. It's like they're, they're trying to do what... They're literally trying to reach people where they work, which I think yes. is a good idea. Now, it hasn't caught on maybe to the extent that they would hope yet, but would I be shocked if it does eventually catch on to that extent? Absolutely yeah. not. And furthermore, I think that in you know 10 years, we're probably going to be watching all our games in a manner like this anyway. So I mean, that's how I watch. It I, makes sense. I watch most of my baseball is watched on a tablet or on Google Chromecast. Right. So like you know like what are we what are we even doing here what 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 are we even mad about are we mad about the fact that this is not on TV for you maybe that's a problem but at the same time it's a regular season afternoon game that you're more than likely at work for anyway or one could always listen to the game on the radio device no well, it's also it's also part of it you like you, you you do this because of you're the radio person I talk about baseball on the radio yes sometimes I do. Say something stupid, Matt. Something stupid. <laughs>